0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact the Grand Group by emailing the Grand G R A N Group at adina Or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with the Dyna Realty, three-time Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins 3-game series against the Oakland A's. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupas. With me as always is Dan Thompson. The Twins continue their winning ways with a sweep of the Oakland A's at home at Target Field. Dan Thompson, this pitching staff, only allows four Runs in all three games, Dan Thompson. Four
1: runs in total. Can you believe it? Remarkable. The bullpen, I think, has... It, it's one of the top five ERAs now. So the, earlier it was the starters, and now it's been the bullpen really wrapping around them. And my gosh, they've got a pretty complete pitching staff. Who knew? Who knew, David? Who knew? Well, it's really, it, it fell to
0: the bullpen because the starters kept leaving early, Dan.
1: I know, and I hope Chris Paddock is okay. Anytime you hear about elbow inflammation, uh, especially with a guy with a history of Tommy John issues, I'm a little worried we may not see Paddock ever again.
0: Well, it's a good thing, Dan, that the Twins have 40 different starting pitchers that they've been using so far this season.
1: It's good, but they've never all been healthy at the same time. So one of these no. days, maybe they will be.
0: Well, here's the thing Gray came up, so then somebody had to go back down, Dan. There's no way you can have all your pitchers healthy at the same time. It's not it okay. Seemed-
1: it seems not. By the way, David, welcome back. You weren't with us last time. We had a great time without you, I must say. Yes. Yes. I
0: thought that there were about six minutes too many on Joe Maurer spent. <laughs> That's how I felt about that. Joseph just Patrick Maurer. So, just so Maurer. We're clear. Yes. Here, here's the thing. I, I just want to make sure, if people didn't listen, there's a particular quote in that Maurer discussion that I believe needs attention to be brought to it. Uh, and it's when Hoag said, and I quote, Joe Maurer, he's a good hitter because he hits into so many double plays.
1: <laughs> No, no, no. Because he's a great hitter, he will hit into the occasional double play. That's what Hope said. <laughs> no, 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 Or something was... like that is what he so actually said.
0: First of all, I want to know how Dan thought that this would be a good idea to leave it in the edit. But then secondly, how that phrase ever left the mouth of Andrew Hoganson is just beyond me i love it i love it dan thompson
1: you know the truth david sometimes it's okay he's going to be a hall of famer and, and are you going to be there you, will you go to cooperstown if joe yeah. mauer is inducted yeah i'm going to
0: yeah that's what i'm going to spend Obviously. my doing yeah alright let's goodness. get no.
1: let's get into the <laughs> series here david what a great series for the twins you're back and it's a sweep series recap you know, it's one of those
0: things, Dan, where the Twins are going to keep winning, and Rocco, he can leave, he can be there, it doesn't really matter. So Rocco is is not present for this series out with COVID along with a couple of other Twins players, but Game 1, Dan, these were some low-scoring games. Twins win this one 2-1, to one, and your man Byron Buxton plays a large role in this one, Dan.
1: Yeah, I mean, Byron, he gets on base three times, including the home run. He's at the top of the lineup. He's electric, but this is really the only game they got a great Byron Buxton performance.
0: That is the truth. And I do need to point out, Dan, I do need to point out, Byron had been walked twice and I sent a text to both you and Hoax and I said, if they pitch to Buxton, he's going to hit a home run. And he did,
1: Dan Thompson. I need a little credit. Is that me. a you call? Never Would you say Because I didn't see the text in the real time and I wasn't sure if I really got it right in real time or not. I don't yes. know, David. Was it a yes. call?
0: Yes, it's a call. How does that not count as a call?
1: All right. Well, I will say it, it matches up with something that I heard Buxton say in an interview. I think it was one of those pre-game interviews that they rolled, that his favorite at-bat, he feels like he's had the most effective at-bat when he gets a walk.
0: Okay. Isn't well,
1: that a weird—well, here's what I like about that. I like that he's focusing on just like getting on base, and quite honestly, if you're Byron Buxton and they don't want to throw you a pitch over the middle of the plate, if you got good plate discipline— he should be able to walk pretty frequently, and he hasn't this year. That's really been one thing he hasn't done much this season.
0: Well, and with Buxton saying that it's effective, I think obviously what he means is obviously a home run is more effective, but he thinks that his his approach at the, at the plate in that at-bat was effective. Right? Yeah, That's you're, what he you're means. saying
1: it better, and I and I guess anything that gets Byron Buxton on base is a good thing because of all the havoc he causes on the base paths.
0: Correct. 100%. I mean, unless he's dealing with some hip sore in a stand, which is what he left game two with. But anyway, let's not skip ahead to game two here. I want to focus on game one for a moment. It's very important we talk about Josh Winder. Six innings pitched, three hits, one run, not earned, an error by your guy Polanco, but eight strikeouts,
1: Dan. Josh Winder, he has seized this opportunity. Hasn't he? I mean, his ERA is down to 1.61. Obviously, he's going to make another start. Just super encouraging to see this guy. And he's not walking people. He's just striking guys out.
0: No, and with Paddock going down and with Ober probably coming back, it still seems like Winder is going to continue to get those starts. And again, I don't know how you don't give him the starts at this point.
1: Now, the only... Well, I, I agree with you. But again, he was playing the A's. The A's, as it turns out, are not a great baseball team. Um, And so that would be my pause, is what's it going to look like when he has to pitch against somebody? I believe he's going to pitch in this Astros series.
0: Well, we'll have to see what happens as far as the Twins' level of competition as they start facing teams that are a little bit better. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But the rest of the pitching here, Bullpen did a great job. This entire series, they did not give up an earned run. But so it went Smith, Duffy, Pagan gets the save. Pagan with the
1: save, Dan. Every time he's out on that mound, do you ever feel comfortable? I just don't feel comfortable. Not at all. In fact, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. But man, I was nervous in every one of these games at the end here. At the same time, Larnack had, I think it was his third outfield assist of the season, proves to be Incredibly important, and Piscotty was out by a long shot. I mean, he was out by it was yes. almost a snow like distance.
0: You know, I th- it shouldn't be a snow like distance. You should call it a Watkins, a Watkins like <laughs> distance. Is the right <laughs> phrasing, Dan.
1: And we didn't see Piscotty the rest of the series. I hope he's okay, but he's one of their best players, and the A's just can't afford to lose anybody.
0: I, I do like though that Larnick. He just seems very competent as a fielder, and showing that every opportunity he's had with his arm, you don't have to deal with the Eddie Rosario one good play five bad. There you, you know, go. You just- brought up Eddie. <laughs> Congratulations, David. I didn't even have to do it for you. I did it as a slight. Do you I remember a do a slight, you remember when Dan? he had
1: that throw off of the green monster in Boston? Perfect oh, throw Dan. to nail a guy at the plate. Oh, what Dan. a moment. Okay. Okay.
0: And I shouldn't have even opened. I shouldn't have even opened. You can't that open that the Eddie Rosario even? can. You oh, can't do my it. my goodness. Well, anyway, anything else on game one, Dan?
1: No, let's, uh, let's move on to game two here. The Twins win this one as well. They win it one to nothing. Their second one to nothing win of the season. And gosh, it's been a long time since I feel like we've we've been talking about a Twins pitching staff carrying a team like this. And they did again here.
0: Yeah, so I was actually in attendance for this one. It was fun to be there because I saw the night before I was like, Paddock is scheduled, but I know Gray's scheduled to start with the Saints. I'm like, I bet Gray ends up making the start at Target Field. And so I was pretty happy when I got to the ballpark and I saw that he was he was going to be starting on the mound. He looked good on the mound. He looked healthy, which is great obviously didn't get as deep into the game as i would prefer it, w- it was an interesting game to attend because <laughs> there was the one big moment of polanco's home run and then there was a lot of intensity in the ninth inning with duran on the mound but other than that dan this game was just sort of like humming along nothing really
1: interesting happening and what's weird to me is this game was still almost a three-hour game uh there yeah. were only eight hits in the game a lot of strikeouts especially for the twins they combined to strike out 15 guys gray had seven coulomb and then jacks had a couple and then <laughs> duran struck out five of the the six guys he faced
0: well and dan wouldn't you say this is basically a no hitter right come on no okay I mean, you should it really... <laughs> is
1: not there were three walks and three hits that is again we're talking aj burnett no hitter which i don't qualify so no know, but you would say that this is this is just as worth celebrating as a no hitter like they I, should be celebrated I would not. at the same no level. you're misunderstanding it's base runners it's all with the base runners david so no i would not come on you're misrepresenting <laughs> me once again okay well any anyway anyway buxton does have to leave
0: this game celestino comes in fills in admirably in center field he has proven himself to be an, an asset in the field, Dan Thompson.
1: Yeah, go figure. I think he really opens the door to have this strategy of having Buxton DH occasionally really work. You know, Nick Gordon just doesn't cut it, and that's allowed Kepler to stay in right field the whole season rather than having to move into center like he has in years past. I do wish that Kepler would get a little
0: bit more consistent, right? It seems really like he has these up series and then he's down series. It's like, let's just get some middle of the road, Kepler, which I know that, I okay, I know what you were going to say. You were going to say, isn't that
1: always what Kepler provides? But no,
0: <laughs> no, he is capable, Dan <laughs> I can just see it in your eyes. You I don't even to need pounds. to be here
1: for this podcast. You can just represent <laughs> what I'm going to say. <laughs> anyway Dan
0: any other notes on game two
1: no David let's go on and, and look at game three arguably the most exciting game of the series um though they were all pretty exciting but it, there was the most scoring at least in game three well and this is the one Dan where
0: you can just turn it off after the third yeah. inning you know yeah, like nothing, like happened, to
1: do. nothing happened after the third inning <laughs> just turn, um,
0: just turn it off
1: the A's had a, lead, a lot of lead changes as much as you can have really in a 4-3 game A's take the lead then the twins uh they scored a tie up and then the A's take the lead again and then the twins have a big third inning I was really surprised at the at the way that this game played out in the third inning there Chris Paddock left game with elbow tightness as we talked about Um, and then Stashek had to come in he does give up a couple runs but really then the bullpen locks things down uh, and matches the A's and that's really all they needed because of Polanco's big hit in the bottom of the third
0: yeah Polanco had a big series I'm guessing his name is going to come up a little bit later but yeah Twins win this one four to three Stashek now Dan has three wins on the season which is just one more reason why wins is just a terrible terrible stat
1: terrible stat but yeah I mean like you know these are the games you got to take care of right and uh and it's nice to see it, the twins win a game without hitting a home run
0: anytime that you can see that they're manufacturing runs without that home run ball is just it's it's a very very positive sign especially when you got a couple of guys who are known for hitting home runs not
1: currently on your roster I know I mean go figure they win all three without Correa and with Buxton really playing I mean Buxton oh Page. I was talking about Sano oh <laughs> <laughs> oh man Mikel Sano I'll ask this question some other series but I I do wonder about Sano's future with the twins
0: anyway anything else for game three Dan
1: no, let's go ahead uh, to what has uh, now become my favorite segment again, Puckett's Picks, winner. Catch them all,
0: Kirby Puckett! Puckett's Picks winner. You're a very fickle person, Dan Thompson. It's funny. It's funny the times you like this segment and when you don't like it. There's some sort of correlation, I think, between it's almost, winning
1: and losing. It's almost childlike, the, my relationship <laughs> with this. But I win. I win this one. You go ahead, David, and talk through the scores
0: yeah 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 yeah. so i took buxton and i had third choice i had third choice and i took buxton and after game one i thought i got this in the bag i have this in the bag no such luck because of buxton lack of play in game two and game three buxton scores four points for me the listeners take larnik he gets two points he only plays in game one and then he moved to the il actually along with most of the other players that started on this team, it seems like. And then unfortunately, unfortunately, folks, Dan Thompson took Polanco and he got a win. 11 points. Polanco had
1: a big, big series. Well, and I was worried because when I'm thinking about this segment, Buxton hits that home run and I thought, ah, there goes my (laughs) Puckett's picks win and David's going to gloat about, oh, what fools we were to let Buxton slip. But I feel good. Polanco was due for a turnaround. He has a huge game three, obviously, in the series. couple errors uh, detracts from his scoring here. But, you know, he he came up with a big hit in game three. So, Dan
0: Thompson, the standings then read. Three wins for Dan, three wins for David, three wins for the listeners. We are all tied up after the first nine series of
1: play in the 2022 season. This is how it ought to be, David. The listeners are walloping us in total points, but it's not about the total points. It's about it's about the wins here. This is hockey, right? All that matters is the wins.
0: All that matters is the wins. Okay, let's keep pushing, Dan. Beast versus bench. Beast
1: versus bench. It's losing fun is losing fun. Obviously, Polanco is an easy pick here, but I'm not going to go with Polanco. I'm going to go with a, a particular moment that I think was important. So Stashak coming in in game three, I'm going to give him the Beast moniker. I know that he did give up the inherited runners, but he came into a pretty tough situation where the Twins really needed somebody to, to eat up some innings here because because of Paddock's injury. He comes and he gives them two and two thirds. He just allows the one hit. He just has one strikeout. But obviously, and, and this is where, you know, you talked about how wins don't really matter. If we were going to go with your system, remember your system where it should be like this weird subjective thing Where people just kind of like sit in a room and decide which pitcher was the most important? How it should be? Well, this system actually would have worked pretty well for this. That'd be better than the system they have
0: currently. (laughs) I would rather have a subjective system as far as awarding wins than the system we currently have, where a guy can literally pitch one pitch and get a win.
1: But okay, but there's contract issues with that anyway. But if for the casual listener, if you and I were picking a winner in this game, I think we would have agreed that it was Stashek. Okay. (laughs) Did you think like he deserved the win? He was the pitcher who deserved the win game because he was the most important pitcher, I think, in the overall arc of the game.
0: Fair enough. I don't. I don't you know what? Discussion. Do you? Wait, I I think this is a first Yes, verse, yes right. you. Yes, you're <laughs> correct,
1: Dan. Sure, sure. Okay. Stayschak was right. the
0: most important pitcher. He got the win. I don't even know
1: what you're arguing about, Dan. I'm just I'm merely pointing out that you have a, a lunatic system that you want to come up with, and then but it actually worked this time. I'm trying to pay you a compliment. <laughs> Does it sound not sound like, like that. It didn't,
0: didn't feel like a compliment <laughs> on this side of the on the side of the microphone, Dan. All right, you go ahead. Who's your Who's your beast? Well, so I wanted to give it to Polanco, and I think I think he probably deserves it the two errors in the field though and i would argue he, sh- he had a third in game two that they didn't give mm-hmm. him where he had a ball it, it was going to be a tough play but still one that i think he should have made i will give it to polanco but again hats off to winder again looked very very good in game one let's go to bench then
1: i think i'm gonna can i go first here because then it makes you yeah. you do something yeah <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't, I
0: can do what I want.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> when it comes to bench here, I'm going to go with Sanchez. He did have a hit in game three, but, but the disappointment to me was that he was batting in the heart of the lineup each of these games, and he just wasn't great. He was 0 for 4 in the first two games each. He does get 1 for 4 in game three. I just thought, you know, this is a spot where they really need Sanchez to be playing well, and he left 10 guys on base. That could have been more important had this series gone just a little bit differently
0: yeah had the a's offense not looked as anemic as it did
1: exactly exactly
0: sanchez is is definitely up there and he's who i want to give it to however my boy my boy max kepler dan thompson what a terrible series about the same stat line as sanchez because kepler did manage to get a hit in game four and he left a few less guys on base but i expect more from you max kepler i expect more you're my boy you're my guy
1: get it together i'm sure that chastisement's really going to make it difference i think in his performance it did with here. buxton remember well, i put I, buxton on my bench and he just destroyed the next series i will say this i mean he was batting lead off today and I, I did expect some more out of him there too he did at least not ground into a double play in a key moment there in the third inning um he ran, he hustled one out but yeah otherwise a pretty forgettable series for him
0: all right well let's keep moving here dan rocco's rewind or maybe judging jace
1: rocco's rewind yeah, I mean, with Rocco gone, this was a little tricky. He made the job pretty easy, I think, for Jace. Because yeah. there there really weren't a lot of big moments here. So I'm gonna to point to something that's a little bit more overall. Um, the way that the managers are using Celestino this year, I think have been really good and really effective. We were kind of surprised when he made the opening day roster, but it turns out that was a pretty good choice. And I like how they're easing him in to play. We which sounds like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth, because earlier in the season we criticized them for not using him more, but it sure seems to be paying off. He's batting three twenty four. He had three hits in Game three looks really competent in center field. He's made some diving catches and I just, I really like the way that he's playing. I I didn't love the way that he threw the ball in today. Um, I believe it was the ninth inning where he, he tried to get the lead runner. He should have just gone to second. So there's, there's moments like that. But again, none of that really mattered in the, in the grand scheme of the series. So I, I like what they're doing with Celestino.
0: Yeah, I think they're using him really effectively. And again, I said at the beginning of the episode, I'll say it again now, like you just said. He's a very good center fielder. Mm -hmm. So with that, Dan, I got to say, it's a tricky segment because even if Rocco was here, I don't think there's any decision that Jace made that Rocco wouldn't have made. Sure. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this one did kind of seem on a track. You knew what you were going to do in each of these moments. Maybe a little bit of a question mark in game two, what order to bring the guys out of the bullpen? It didn't really seem to matter all that much, Dan. It seemed like this was the push-button decision that Rocco would have made, so Jace made that decision. So I got to say, it's probably good that I don't have a lot to say about the way this series went as far as Jace's management is concerned.
1: Yeah, and you know, he's been a manager before. He managed the, the Padres the last couple yeah. seasons. They they finished really poorly last year, obviously in September. And so that's kind of how he ended up losing his job and then finding his job here. But I remember all those times last season where we pointed to the fact they didn't really have a bench coach. Now they have a bench coach and they they have more than a legitimate bench coach. It's a a guy who's actually managed a Major League Baseball team before. I think that's a big advantage.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's keep pushing, Dan. Minnesota moment.
1: (laughs) Minnesota moment. David, these nine things, every (laughs) one of them was so stressful. And I... (laughs) I, I, I'm going to pick probably the second one because I thought that was interesting when, when Jahan Duran comes out and throws flame work. First of all, one pitch, Jeffers, I'm not a big pitch framing guy, as you know, but it was pretty clear that Jeffers stole one on the last batter. It was <laughs> it was six inches outside and he got it called for a strike. I think partially because it's, it's 102 miles an hour and I don't know how the yeah. ump can really He hit 103
0: it well. with one Incredible. pitch in this
1: outing. Incredible. Yeah. But I think big moment, obviously, because these guys, Pagan and Duran, worked out of jams. In a way that this is what winning teams need. They need to kind of steal games here and there because I think these games are going to matter in the standings where very easily the A's you know the law of average should say that the A's would win at least one of these
0: yeah well especially with the low scoring I mean it wouldn't have taken much for them to take one of these games certainly what about you what's your moment yeah I had a few different options here because one Lewis being called up and Mm -hmm. then getting his first hit obviously it's a big moment anytime a guy does that but especially a guy of of Lewis caliber that you know that he's looked to as a guy who's going to be a big part of this organization moving forward so that's that was one Polanco's homer I think was was really important in game two obviously and I really impartialed to buxton's homer in game one because i called it right so i mean it's really hard for me to choose i am going to go with lewis's first hit though i think that it was just fun and then the double that he hit in the next game it it was just a fun way to see him enter the league and he looks so good Dan at shortstop he looks so good at shortstop and I know that there were some question marks about that but my goodness he didn't miss a beat on any of the plays including a hard one today that he had to bare hand
1: yeah I think if the if the Carlos Correa long-term signing plan doesn't come through here I think Royce Lewis looks I mean it's only one series it's a small sample size but he looks comfortable out there he has a beautiful swing and I just think there's some future there in in Royce Lewis playing shortstop for the Minnesota Twins all right let's go into uh into Maurer's musings here
0: I just don't know how it can get any anybody- Better. Maurer's
1: musings.
0: So, Dan, I'll let you start because I have sort of a larger question.
1: Sure. So, I'm going to start actually with a question about Alex Kirloff because I do wonder if he was kind of rushed back. There's this awkward non resolution to his wrist injury where it's like, it just kind of hurts. Surgery didn't fix it. So what do you do? Like the comments from people talking about like, well, you know, it's just gonna, I don't know. You know, like there's not been a definitive <laughs> answer. And the fact that he hasn't played well, it was nice. He did get a hit today in game three. But is he really healthy? I don't know. I kind of think yes,
0: because maybe there's some reluctance on his part to go get any more surgery done, or maybe surgery just truly wasn't the right call. But I don't think they would have brought him up to the major league level as quickly as they did if he was truly not at least feeling somewhat comfortable to, to be able able to play at this level.
1: Sure. And I guess, does that mean that he's just going to make an adjustment to be able to deal with what seemingly could be just a bulky wrist that he's got that he's going to have to kind of play with for the rest of his career
0: could be. I mean, maybe he can do that thing that Cruz
1: did and have it pop or whatever, and like break, sure,
0: but then make it better. That that's the thing that happens often, right?
1: Maybe he can go to one of his teammates and just say, "Hey, can you just pull on my wrist really hard? Yeah. Can you just kind of like <laughs> twist it around and just see what Let's happens? See what that does? Like, yeah, yeah, is that where we're at with him? Does he need to go to a chiropractor <laughs> for his wrist?
0: Yeah, <laughs> essential oils. They're going to put a little <laughs> lemon drops there on there. <laughs> All better. All better, man. Get out there and, and mash.
1: But seriously. I think for him, I'm sure he would take whatever he could because that's got to be a really frustrating situation. You have a surgery that's supposed to fix this and you come back and you're not healthy. Like, I don't put that on him. I think that just it's a weird situation. So anyway, what's uh, what's your music?
0: Yeah, so I had a few different options, Dan, but I'm going to go with sort of my big picture question. So I was looking at the standings, and I look at the standings a lot. This Twins team, Dan, they're playing very good baseball, according to the record, right? They're at 18 Mm -hmm. and 11, which puts them in the top tier as far as wins are concerned in all of baseball. But I went back and I looked back at their opponents, Dan, and this team has not fared super well. The one time that they played a team that's really of... What what everyone, I think, would agree is top-tier talent, and that's the Dodgers. They lost both of those games. Then we thought that Seattle, we thought they might be pretty good this se- season. Mm-hmm. So far, they're at 13 and 16. Then we thought Detroit would be good of this season, and they're at the bottom of the AL Central. We thought Boston would be good this season, and they're at the bottom of the AL East. And we thought the White Sox are definitely going to be the competition for the Twins. They're probably the closest to what you could say is another good team in the AL Central. or or appears to be good team in the AL Central. I don't know what to tell you, Dan. How good is this team and how important is this Houston series to sort of show us how good this team can be knowing that you're probably doing it without Correa and probably a limited Buxton?
1: No, that's exactly the question because we're not going to see a full Twins roster right now. And so I don't know what we can read out of this. I I think the fact that they're beating the teams that aren't very good is a good sign because last year they weren't even doing that. So, you know, in, in some sense, there is that I am Most curious to see how does the pitching look then against this Astros lineup because because then if if they can actually hold up there I'm going to have a lot more confidence but you just named off a lot of teams that it turns out are not necessarily great at hitting the baseball very hard and then after that they come the Guardians and so another you know divisional game but then they get the A's and the Royals and the Tigers and the Royals and the Tigers again so it's like you know there's a there's a stretch here I don't know that we're going to know this until maybe you know June when they play the Yankees and the Rays and I don't know but now I don't see any great teams on the on their opponent list
0: yeah and hopefully hopefully. won't matter so much when they see those teams because the record will be so great they can afford to lose a couple of series dan totally totally let's uh let's move forward here into our next segment series grades dan i don't i don't know it's a sweep it's an a i'm gonna let you talk because i'm sure that you're gonna have to talk longer than what i just did they swept dan they won all three games you could not do any better as far as the win-loss record is concerned please
1: dan tell the listeners what you gave this team for this series A game of B. They scored seven runs in three games at home. Wait, I mean, like that's not a great outing. Like, yeah, they kind of they got by and they swept the series, but they're playing a bad team. They nearly gave away each of the games in the ninth inning. Like, this is not like an awesome performance.
0: Now, the only reason why this blows my mind a little bit here is because earlier, earlier, Dan gave an A against the Rays. When they lost a game.
1: And now. Yeah. Because they looked sweat. a whole lot better in in that series. Like they showed some bats. Like that's, that's fair. Like you can have a good series against a bat. David. I don't understand how you're having such a hard time grasping this. That you
0: gave them a higher grade in a series that they lost a game. That's what I'm it's, having trouble grading. I'm grading that.
1: the quality of play, and I thought the I, quality. I cannot of play imagine being a student in one was of not your class. Great.
0: I cannot imagine. Why do you keep bringing that up? Weird, this is. Th- this is what I, I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, are, there, are there students here. in your class? Are there students in your class who look at what another student has done,
1: and you're like, you know what?
0: I bet Mr. Thompson grades him easier because he's dumber than I am. Does that happen, no, Dan Thompson? No,
1: that doesn't happen. And the other thing is, they had a couple errors in the field. I... <laughs> This was not a, if, if I'm looking at the five tools, if I got a rubric for each of the five tools, David, I don't think that they played as well in this series as they did in that in that race series. I just folks
0: you gotta you gotta let Dan know that this is ridiculous this is ridiculous (laughs) if
1: you win the
0: way that the grading needs to work it's on the series record and yeah sure there can be some subjectivity in how they got the wins or how they got the losses but when you get a sweep Dan I don't know if I care how you got
1: it I think I care I care this early in the season (laughs) they get to the playoffs and they sweep the opening best of five series I'm not gonna give him a b like I don't I don't think that (laughs) I'm gonna give him a b in that situation
0: Okay. that You know, I, I had a friend bring up an interesting discussion question about this and how we would grade postseason series, assuming the Twins ever get an opportunity to win one. If they win the World Series, how do you grade that series, Dan, if they won it in seven?
1: You, you know, know? Like, is when that... we get to that point, David, then I will have to face that trial right there. <laughs> <laughs> that will be when I face it.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's keep going, Dan. Herbie's headlines. I don't know, Jack. It looked like Herbie pulled him off
1: the bank. Herbie's Headlines. So this one, this one I actually heard on the radio broadcast as I was coming back today uh, to watch the end of of the game. So did you see the Pirates situation in their game against Cincinnati? Uh, No, walk me through it. So their backup catcher starting the game, Andrew Knopp, I'm not sure exactly how you say his last name. He was ejected though. So then the regular starter, Roberto Perez comes in, but then he gets hurt. And so then the Pirates are down to their third catcher. And, And this came up with the Twins a little bit ago when they only had the two. And it turns out it was like Romero, one of the backup pitchers who's not even on the roster right now. Now. And and then it would even be like Nick Gordon or something. So, this guy, Josh Van Meter, has to come in. He's one of their utility men. Hadn't caught in a baseball game since he was 14 years old. And out here, all of a sudden, he's catching a Major League Baseball game. How'd he fare, Dan Thompson? I, I mean, I think mean, they're playing the Reds, so how hard can it be? Um, you, all you got to do is catch the ball and throw back to your pitcher. I think he did okay. Uh, they ended up not needing it This him any coming more than from that. the
0: guy who has chastised me numerous times for downplaying the importance of the catching that position. Was, he, that was that He more just has of to a catch it and throw ball, it back to the pitcher. How hard can it be? My this goodness, is, Dan,
1: what a what a new leaf you've turned over! No, that was intended to be a shot at the Reds more than a shot at the catching position, which I have great respect for, David. I respect the catching position more than anybody, certainly. Certainly, yes. you know you've had to do a lot of defending here, Dan, and saying that oh, it wasn't in the proper context <laughs> where's, where's that you're quoting me. Is Hogs here somewhere? Can we can we fill in, get a last minute fill in? You, you got I more studying think Hogs a little
0: too nice. Hogs was a little too nice to you here. I think you guys were just so so happy that you could spend time talking about joe mauer that you forgot that like part of this podcast is making sure the other guy stays on stays on track dan thompson and you guys just were all (laughs) loosey-goosey loving on joe mauer my goodness!
1: let's move forward here to Puckett's picks and we'll see you tomorrow Puckett's picks I can always run to the next segment, David. That's the beauty of this plan.
0: (laughs) I do notice that quite a bit. Like, you don't want me to get too far gone, so you try and bring me back just being by. like, oh, let's go ahead. Let's move to that next segment
1: here. (laughs) All right, Puckett's Picks. So the listeners here are going to go first. I look at the options, and I think, why not? They're going to take Royce Lewis. Wow really yeah, yeah that is surprising dan mix thompson. it up a little bit maybe he had
0: his first home run of his career could be it's a hard one to pick right now it's a hard one to pick because buxton is definitely a dangerous pick correa obviously he's not going to be back i'm a little disappointed i was hoping to go to this game on either tuesday or wednesday but if if correa is not available like part of the reason i wanted to go is to see him face his old team so sure. since that's not going to happen i don't know that i'll be making the trip out to the ballpark this time around all of that being said dan thompson i got to take your guy polanco ah. he looked good he looked good he's seems like the right choice right now
1: so this this leaves me in an awkward position here I think I'm gonna take Max Kepler actually I think he's gonna bounce back here and (laughs) in a big series against the Astros
0: Dan Thompson having to cheer for Max Kepler I will. love it it.
1: I'm gonna cheer even harder now for Max Kepler (laughs) this feels good I'm gonna come back a new man here in this series (laughs) wonderful
0: okay Dan
1: you got anything else to say no it was it's good having you back
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the most reluctant, <laughs> the most reluctant, least jubilant way he could say it. <laughs> and well, I guess it's fine. Again, Hoag's was very pleasant. I mean, he, he agreed <laughs> with me so much it
1: felt really good.
0: Oh, my. That is the hard thing. with our, My relationship with you and my relationship with Hoag's is a lot of us just disagreeing and you both calling me a moron. It's very difficult, I know, for either of you to have to deal with me after you've experienced the bliss of just total agreement, mind meld episode of Men for the Win.
1: It's probably like can hang- hanging out with Rocco Baldelli, you always feel good about yourself when you're hanging out with Rocco. And by the way, he is, I think, going to be back for the next series. Uh, him and Luis Ariz and Dylan Bundy. I hope they're healthy. I hope they can contribute to this team because clearly they need Luis Ariz right now because they got to. Ha- they're running out of bodies. They could probably do without Bundy for a couple of starts
0: though. The way that he's maybe, maybe,
1: but hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he can recover and and maybe, like Hoag said, maybe that was part of why he had a rough outing last time out. Could be. Well, why don't you
0: go ahead and set us out, Mr. Thompson.
1: Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please do tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Min for the Wind. You can find our Min for the Wind Facebook page. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so you're notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that would be great as well. A reminder again that episodes are available on our YouTube channel. If you could drop a like and a subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And as always, go twins.
0: That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!